In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sermon text is our gospel reading. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. Amen. What Jesus said in our gospel text turned the world and all of society upside down. And abandoning it, turning away from it, has been causing great harm to our country, not to mention the havoc it has wrecked in individuals' lives. John and James truly display the mindset of mankind. They come to Jesus seeking glory. They come seeking positions of power and might, to sit at Jesus' right and left. That is, they want to be first and second commanders or his top royal advisors. They want to rule over everyone else when Jesus reigns in his glory. But they do not know what Jesus' glory is. His glory will be on full display on the cross. There Jesus will reign over sinful humanity as their king. His glory will be in saving us by dying in our place. When Jesus asks if they could follow him in his baptism of the cross, in drinking in the suffering and wrath of God, they answer, yes. But they do not know what they are saying. Still, Jesus acknowledges that they will suffer like he will. They will face death for the gospel. In fact, James is the first apostle to be killed, put to death by Herod. And yet, to die when Jesus does on the cross, on his right and left, is not for them. As the scriptures have testified, these two places were set aside for some criminals, such that Jesus would be scorned for his dying with these robbers. When the other disciples hear about James's and John's request, they are upset. Now, whether they are upset that these two are trying to rule over them or just upset because these two asked before they did, because they wanted to ask the same thing, it's clear that there is some rivalry, envy, and jockeying for position going on. Now elsewhere, Jesus finds them arguing about who is the greatest, but they refuse to confess such before Jesus. Instead, they go silent and refuse to answer when he asks them about it. It seems, though, in this instance, James and John have tried to prove that they are the greatest. Alas, Jesus does not provide them with the answer for which they were looking Instead, Jesus teaches them about true greatness. He teaches them that the greatest one is the one who serves others. Well, this is the complete opposite of the way we see things. We seek authority and power to be able to control our fate and the fate of others. We want power to be in charge and to have others serve us. We want the glory over others being higher and above all. 
But this is not the way the world was created. Instead, places of authority and honor exist so that we can serve others. This was the way our culture once viewed marriage and children. The headship of the husband is a place of service. He's called to serve his wife, to act in her best interest. Parents, likewise, are called to serve their children, acting in their best interests. Instead, we seek to live in service to ourselves. And this is what has changed in American society. Rather than acting in the best interest of children, adults have put their own needs and wants over and above that of the children. Well, just think about why marriage existed in the first place. Is marriage about catering to the desires and wants of adults? Or does this institution serve to bring unity between the two, which is expressed in the creation of children? Not only is it for the creation of children, but it is for the proper rearing of those children. Children need both a father and a mother. And not only that, they need their parents to live together and to model true love and commitment, to model selflessness and servanthood authority. Children who have such succeed at much higher rates, have less turmoil, and are emotionally and psychologically more stable. But where adults put the needs of their children second in order to serve their own needs, or they justify their fulfillment as being what is best for their child, they teach their children to act in the same way, that is to live for oneself. Divorce, living together without marriage, remarriage, and many such situations where a child does not get to live with their mother and father together, caring for them and for each other, brings instability and harm to a child. A child does best when his biological father and biological mother together rear him in the same household. Of course, there are situations where something as undesirable as divorce or being placed in a different home could be in the best interest of the child, such as when it's the last and only way to stop child abuse or spousal abuse, or when a child has been abandoned and needs somebody to care for them. Today, not only have the desires of adults come first, a situation that demands that our kids act as the grown-ups, our society has begun to treat kids as a commodity. From designer kids and freezing embryos till their parents might want them, to adoption being treated as a right for adults. The interests of children are being made secondary to the desires and wants of adults. Children do not exist for the pleasure or fulfillment of adult wants and desires. Rather, God gave children a mother and a father so that they could seek out and care for the child's best interests. 
This is the kind of servanthood Jesus describes today. A servanthood in which all people should engage. We should be using our positions and relationships to seek the best interest of those around. We should use our powers and authority to care for our fellow human beings, especially looking out for the weakest and most vulnerable among us. Parents should live and act in the best interest of their children, husbands in the best interest of their wives, pastors and elders in the best interest of the congregation. Civil authorities for the sake of citizens, employers for the sake of employees, and so forth. But we're too busy acting like James, John, and the rest of the disciples. How self-centered are we? We deserve the world we have with all its problems, and we deserve God's judgment. And yet God acts in our best interests. Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve us. Jesus came to redeem you and me. He came to save us from sin and death. He came to rescue us from ourselves and from the devil's grasp. And he has done just that. He paid the price. He paid the cost. With his bloodshed and his own life given, in place of you and me, he has delivered us from eternal death and hell. You have been brought out of judgment for your sin because Jesus has come in service to you. And today, he comes to serve you again. He served you by washing you clean in baptism and giving you his righteousness and holiness. And today, he serves you at his table by feeding you his body and blood. He does not make you earn your place or force you into service toward him. But he who needs nothing serves you and me who need everything. And he gives you everything today. Forgiveness, life, and salvation. They are all yours. Fed and nourished, go forth in the same service toward one another. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.